Welcome to the Money Over 50 podcast, brought to you by Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue from Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50. Today, we're here to talk about 1% extras. Michael, your topic. Dallas, I just wanted to, to kick off this morning with a um, uh, a nice, easy uh, one. I think I think I need an easy one. I've just been having sound engineering issues and there's steam coming out of my ears <laughs> right now. So, a nice, easy one might get me back into a, yeah. a nice recording mood. <laughs> so, what I wanted to look at is um, not overcomplicate things and work out yeah, exactly how much do you need to retire? I just wanted to look at the the difference that that two times one percent extras would make, and that extra one percent, well, the one percenters that I'm talking about here is um, what if I actually got two things? What if I what if I adjusted my investment strategy in my retirement savings mm-hmm. so that I got an extra one percent rate of return? Yep. Now we're not in control of rates of return, of course. No, but we but we are in control of what asset classes you invest into, which is you know the underlying asset class that you invest into yep. is going to be the biggest driver of your investment returns. So we yep. might not necessarily be able to control exactly what those returns are, but but to some degree we are able to control what they are going to be relative to someone else over the same sort of time frame. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and you can use historical perspective. Yep. Um, there's a big caveat to say that. Mm. Historical returns are no are yep. not indicative of future performance, yep. and that's true. Yeah. However, it's the only thing that we have. Mm. I mean, if you look at historical performance, yep. um, and you look at the historical performance of you know, the largest five hundred companies in America versus the yep. the average term deposit rates, yep. um, it gives you a really yep. Reasonable guide yeah. as to what you could expect yeah. over any period of time, and you'll see that there's a big difference between those two. And, and I think, the, sorry, Michael, I'm sort of hijacking right. your podcast, but I just thinking the point with this is, you, you'll notice that we're only looking for a one percent extra return here. I think this is the key for a lot of a, is, a yeah. lot of this when you're looking at investment returns is that if ever someone's telling you, "Hey, we're going to get you a twenty percent return year on year guaranteed," or "We're going to do," you know, "We're going to get you a fifteen percent return every year." That's not what we're talking about here. We're just talking about if, if on average over the next 10 years you were going to get a, a 7% return, we're just yep. we're just talking about tweaking that up to, 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 8%. to 8%. We're not saying go from 7 to 17 because if if you if you think you can get guaranteed 17% returns over the next 10 years, I've I got a bridge to sell you. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. So um, that's uh, – and, and um, all tongue-in-cheek aside, that was a good point because um, – it is. It's just that extra one percent rate of return. So, the other one percent that we're looking at is that if you if you just took your income, your household income before tax, and you simply popped in one percent extra into your superannuation fund every year. Yep. Um, so effectively, uh, let's say that's taking your employer contributions up from ten to eleven percent. Mm-hmm. I have assumed the one percent is a net contribution so yep. um yep. Uh, and we're not even going to look at what's tax deductible yep. and not tax deductible we've done all of that yep. before so I, I, I think the point of the, the beauty of this is it's one percent so it's one percent it doesn't it doesn't 
it's not we're not talking about trying to save thirty thousand dollars a year after tax in this no. case. It's just a it's a literally a one percenter. So what I've assumed is that um, uh, it could be a single person or it could be a couple, but their age or ages of fifty, they have a hundred and fifty thousand dollar household income before tax. I've I've assumed ten percent employer super guarantee going in on that one hundred and fifty thousand dollars of of um, household before tax income. Uh, I've I've assumed that these people have a combined superannuation balance of half a million dollars right now. And the control group, so the control group, the first group that I'm going to look at, have uh, they they achieve a seven percent net rate of return on their retirement savings or the superannuation in this case we're going to use um, as a proxy for their entire retirement savings and they have no voluntary super contributions yeah so the the second group the one percent extra group let's yeah it's a couple in this case let's assume um, they have instead of getting a seven percent net rate of return on their on their superannuation balance each and every year they get an eight percent net rate of return so extra one percent yep in addition to that, um, they pop in one percent of their of their salary combined income, yep. which is fifteen hundred dollars. Their combined income is one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. They pop in fifteen hundred dollars yep. per year to keep that simple. I haven't even indexed that. I've no, just said so that's, just, that's 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 yep. just fifteen hundred dollars a year, and um, and the time frame that we're looking at is fifteen years yep, from so fifty cool. to age sixty five. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the results, the the one percent extra group, they actually retire with an extra two hundred and seventy three thousand yeah. dollars of 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 superannuation balance. I, I find I always find when we do these numbers as a financial advisor, you're looking at it all the time. But you would have done the same thing. You do these numbers, and you then you go back and check your spreadsheet because you go I that, checked it. That can't double be right. Checked it you, you go. <laughs> It's it's a one percent extra return and a one percent extra contribution. It mm. can't make almost three hundred thousand dollars worth of difference over yep. fifteen years. But but that's that's the whole beauty of compounding. That's the whole beauty of uh, you know. You'll notice that a fifteen year time frame is is a bit of the key here. Is that it makes a huge difference over fifteen years. It, it's 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 almost hard to comprehend a lot of the time when we're looking at longer time frames and and the compounding effect of a couple of things in conjunction is, is the other thing that jumps out at me there is that each one of these each one of these two things would have and uh, make a difference but the combination of the two really uh, the combination of the two over a longer time period can can make a much bigger difference than what we intuitively would think it it doesn't and i think the numbers are realistic i mean if if we look at the combined superannuation balance of a couple coming to see us at ages 50 yeah. it's around about the half a million dollars mm-hmm. usually so um, yeah, the extra one percent rate of return on yep. that half a million dollars over fifteen years makes a makes a big difference. I I, I took the average superannuation balance down to a hundred thousand dollars just to test it. Yeah, yeah. And the extra one percent rate of return on a hundred thousand dollars over fifteen years only makes a sixty three thousand yeah. dollar difference. So yep. it's a combination of of a, of, a, of an extra one percent. The compounding effect of that is huge. Dallas is like we we, oh, yeah. we see that that's yep. that, that that extra one percent rate of return. The hypothetical extra one percent rate of return on a reasonable sized balance. In this case, in this example, yeah, um, half a million dollars 
uh, over a reasonable time frame of 15 years. And, it, 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 and I mean, combined with the extra 1% of, yeah. of, of income uh, being popped in and as I th- well. I think that's, to me... Makes a huge difference. Yeah, that's why these sorts of things are... Maybe they're only interesting to us. We'll probably get terrible feedback on this podcast. We've become this isn't as this isn't interesting as you guys think. But, but I th- I think that um, what's dangerous sometimes is that you you have people going, uh, people thinking that I need to make huge whole scale changes. Otherwise, there's no point. Yes. And, and what you find is that if you, if you think you have to make huge changes, you're not going to actually you're not going to do anything. So yeah, it's almost easy to take the pressure off here by saying, look. If you're 50, you got half a million dollars in super. Sure, you, you can max out your concessional contributions every year. You can you can make huge changes to your lifestyle. And if if you can't do that, or if you don't feel like that's what you want to focus on, no 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 one's saying you have to do those things. You can just make a little tweak to your lifestyle over a longer time frame. You know, like you say, an extra one percent, and the, and these are all very achievable. Like no one. Like I said, it's not it's not taking you from a seven percent rate of return to a seventeen percent. It's it's just getting that asset allocation of your super fund right, tweaking that slightly, looking at you know the, the savings of fifteen hundred dollars a year over over every fortnight is next to nothing. Like you you wouldn't you wouldn't notice it sort of thing. The difference of that can be huge, and I think that's that's really what's hard for people to get their head around. And I think it probably causes people to to do the the ostrich thing of the head in the sand is is you kind of go I can't make whole scale change I don't have a spare 30 grand a year therefore I feel like I'm not going to be able to make any difference to my retirement outcome so I'll do nothing yep. and and I think that's to me that the takeaway from from this is that if you as long as you if you do everything that you can you'll be amazed at the difference that, that makes over 15 years that, that's a great point that's the point I wanted to get across yeah. um, because at age is 50 it's yeah. very likely that your youngest is still in grade 10 or 11 or 12 yeah. and you have the, yeah. the 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 eldest still at university yeah. yeah now in five years time yeah yeah you you're in a, a, a significantly different situation where your youngest hopefully He's yeah. graduated from university yeah. and he's yeah. going to work for one of the big four consulting firms. <laughs> <laughs> I like the and way you stand. <laughs> you've just tried to come up with the career path that's got the least likelihood of a, of a backward step. You're, they're off your hands and they're never coming back. <laughs> they're never coming back to live with you, bleach off you anymore. So you're, you're in a remarkably different position five years yeah. time. Yeah. There is a danger though yeah. in waiting for that five years to elapse before you start. So so again, what what I wanted to look at, I actually wanted to look at changes that people could implement yeah. overnight. Yeah. And, and look, 1% of your salary yeah. uh, is, we know is all around us. Yeah. And you know, we've done other podcasts where you just go through your recent credit card expenses yep. and then start culling some of the things that um, that you don't get value out of anymore, mm. and you'll find one percent of your yeah. your salary really really quick smart. Yeah. And the other thing to do, and this is regardless of age, you could be you know not a, you don't have to be fifty. You could be forty five listening to this. It makes a bigger difference. You could be fifty five. Could be sixty. Um, is it, really getting interested in that and in burrowing down on what the Investment strategy of, of your super superannuation fund. is, yep. um, and and we're not saying go gung ho uh, into high growth and more volatile volatility, more volatile assets, um, but we're saying actually it's uh, we're about to do another podcast soon where we look at the four main inputs yep. 
that you can um, use to, yeah. to, to, to control your to, retirement. To control your retirement. Yeah. Um, two of them you can't control. Yeah. Two of them you have some sort of control, which is your disposable income that you mm. can put towards your retirement savings and the investment strategy yep. and therefore the likely rate of return that you can yeah, you can over the long term. you can yep. get out of your uh, superannuation funds investment strategy. So yep. it, it's it's one of those things you can become yep. interested overnight. Yes. Well because in, in those if, things. If you can become interested when you know that there's a I guess that's to me the two takeaways or the the way that I'd think of it is you know human nature is that we only get interested in things where we see a benefit to ourselves you know mm. what i mean if, if we're conceptually talking about oh well you know you should probably take and people say this to us all the time they go yeah i know i should probably pay more attention to my super mm. but but in the back of their mind they're going i'm i'm 50 i you know i can't really i've only got 500,000 super i'm you know i we've still got kids at home we can't really afford to really get cracking on a plan now so what's i'll just sort of sit on and, and won't do anything so I think that's one of the takeaways for me is that the quicker you get started, the more the compounding effect of, of even just those minor changes, even just the things that you can do overnight make a huge difference. The, the second part of it that I guess from a – I've read a fair bit and thought a fair bit about how, how habits are formed and, and how good and bad habits are um, formed and maintained over the long term. And one of the big things they talk about is in any, in any habit pattern – is, is you start with the smallest possible step that you can stick to. And, and you know, so people will talk about this with, with fitness where the, this, if you start with something comically small, it's, you get started on that, on that path. So if you want to run a marathon and you're at the moment you're 40 kilos overweight and, and, and struggle to get off the couch, you don't go to, I'm going to sign up for a marathon. What you do is you go, okay, well, every day I'm going to put on my shoes. I'm just going to put on my exercise shoes. Mm. And I'm going to walk as far as I want and then start. I'm going to give myself complete permission. Mm. So you might put on your exercise shoes and sit on the couch and watch TV. And that's that's okay. And that's this, this school of thought is that if you make it so that it's impossible to fail, then you go right over. Yep. The first day, you might just put your shoes on, lace your shoes up and go, all right, I'm just going to sit here and watch daytime TV and, and not actually get off the couch. But then what you'll find is you'll do that the next day. you just get in the habit of you put your shoes on. The next day, you might go, I'll just get up and go for a walk outside and check the mail. And then, and then, what happens is that you, you've created a you've created a habit that's that's started by that thing, and so, and that's I think to me that the the compounding effect of starting those contributions small is, is similar to that. Where people would look at this and go, "Well, what's the point of putting fifteen hundred dollars a year into super? It, it makes no difference." So the two parts that I would say are that it, it does make a difference over the long term, and secondly, it's not actually about putting fifteen hundred dollars a year in for the next fifteen years. It's about if, if you get started on that path, if you get into the habit of doing that, if you put 1500 in for this year and then you get a pay rise, it's much easier to tweak that habit that's already in place where you go, I am someone who puts extra money into super. That's, that's a part of my financial plan. That's what I do. You can dial that 1500 up much easier and, and it's sort of a less of a shock to the system compared to you do nothing and then you get to 58 and go, geez, I've only got seven years to go, I'm going to have to put 30 grand a year into super. That's going to be really painful. It's almost like, yeah, it's a similar sort of analogy, I would say, where if you start that early, even with if, with a comically small amount of money, it's very easy to dial that up. And we've seen that before with clients where yep. you, you get started, 
people are often doing things five years after becoming climbers that they couldn't have fathomed, they couldn't have even got their head around their ability to save that much money or to make those things happen. And it's just every six months you're tweaking things, you're tweaking things. After five years, they're a new person basically. Yeah, I agree. And a lot of it's psychological as you as yeah. you pointed to. And um, it's, it's about starting with what you can start with, yeah. betting that down. Yeah. And then going again and tweaking it as your situation changes, and and um, yeah, far too often. Well, I mean, we have case studies in our in our financial planning. Um, yeah, you know, the 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 plethora of courses that we've had to do over the years, and the, the case study will be presented really, really static. These people have come yeah. to you with and they are this financial type. position. Yeah. yeah, this is and how they. This is their things. income. This yeah. is disposable income, and all these types of things. Now, what we know is that that hardly ever happens. Yeah. I mean, uh, a 50-year-old couple will come to us mm. and like I said before, the youngest is 16 and the eldest is yeah. you know, 22. You know, 20, 22 and still at uni. Yeah. Um, a year later, their expenses change because the eldest graduates yeah. and gets a job. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then, yeah. Then, then the youngest moves up into grade 12 and then the youngest moves into university and their expenses change again. Yeah. So yeah, like, and then, as we said, you know, five years into that overall plan, when they're fifty-five, mm-hmm. um, the the youngest yeah. is potentially and, off their hands fully, yeah. and their expenses yeah. change again, and they've been promoted. Yeah, and so it's, it's a very it's, it's different a, dynamic. It's a, it's yeah. a dynamic, yeah, you know, it's a dynamic situation yeah. all the time, and you're actually you look you're looking to um, ratchet things up. And bed down and ratchet up yeah. every single yeah. step of the way. So I think the other part of it is even from a again uh, from a psychological point of view, not just the habit formation thing, but also the if we think about and we've said this before, what people um, one of the main things that people get from um, you know working with us, or working with or do, doing you know their retirement planning as a mm-hmm. proactive thing, is to some degree the most valuable thing they get is peace of mind that they are doing everything they can. So, one of one of the advantages of a strategy like this, where you start very small, is, is is you're sort of giving again, you're giving yourself permission to go. I'm just going to do what I can, and and that's okay. And wherever I end up in ten or fifteen years' time, I don't then have to feel guilty or feel bad about the fact that maybe I should have done this or I should have done this differently. You go, okay, well, we're, we're doing what we can right now, and as you say, what we can do every year changes, and that's a dynamic thing, and so. If every year you're just looking at that going, we're just going to do what we can in, in a way that doesn't impinge on our lifestyle too much. And at the end of every year, we, we, can, we can sleep easy knowing that right, well, we, did, we did what we could for this year. Next year's a new year and it's, it's a new situation. And it's a, you know, like you say, all of our, our situation has changed completely. Let's, let's adjust based on that. But, but you're not looking backwards. And, and we see that you know, where... Um, people that sort of come in and feel like they've wasted the last five or ten years, and and it's it's sort of something that you you you're often talking to people about the the psychology of look that's that's been and gone. There's nothing you can do about that. But it is sometimes hard to hard to put behind you. Whereas mm-hmm. if you if you start start small, start earlier, you, you don't have that. Wherever you end up is is the best place that you could have possibly ended up, and and wherever that is is just it has to be okay. That's all I had to. To that's, add to that, that's it. Great, uh, great topic. The the one percenters, mate. That's what we're all about. Every football coach I've ever had since the beginning of time has talked about the one percenters, and and I think we're that's what we like to talk about with our clients as well. 
Oh, the 1% that may make a difference to bring our podcast out to to <laughs> more and more listeners, which we want uh, to happen because we love doing the Money Over 50 podcast. Hopefully, yeah. if you're listening still uh, at this stage, yeah. <laughs> you love it as well. Uh, if you haven't already filled up those five empty stars on the Apple iTunes uh, feedback yeah. little, I don't even know what to call it. What no, is it? Like a little like a feedback review, area, yeah. a review area. Yeah. Um, yeah, hit five stars. Five stars will do. <laughs> uh, if you could hit five stars, fill up those five empty stars and leave a review for us uh, that that way, uh, that would be much greatly appreciated to, to help uh, get the Money Over 50 podcast uh, out to more listeners. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.